everybody, my name is Alex, and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. And thanks for everybody who listened to my last episode on Sword Art Online Alternative Gungale Online. I had more fun than I anticipated watching that show and talking about that show. So thanks for tuning in for that. Um, but I don't really have much to say here, so I want to just jump straight into what we're talking about. And that is a little show called, and this is a mouthful, let's see if I can get it right, Hakata Tonkatsu Ramen. jump straight into this show, as opposed to kind of giving a longer intro as I have in some past episodes, is for two reasons. A, this is, I'm going to call it Hakata Ramens, for sake of abbreviation and my sanity, is a, a, it's a show that kind of layers on characters and plot devices and uses a kind of setting that we're all vaguely familiar with, but in a way that I think is interesting. And I, I, so this is something you might not know about me. I have this kind of fantastic idea of, like, if there was a kind of anime world I would inhabit, it would be, Um, the kind of, like, back-alley, seediness, seedy, low-life, outlaw lifestyle thing. I'm not saying I would do well in that, although I'd like to think I would. But I... I have a kind of deep appreciation for those environments in anime, and there are a couple of them. Um, the ones that come to mind are, um, Roenipur from Black Lagoon, um, The City from Gangsta, I don't know what it was called, 
the best parts about Gangster are all stylistic, and its portrayal of, like, this back alley, backwater underworld is kind of, it's definitely one of its, if not the best part of that property as a whole, not even the anime or manga, but both of them, all of them. So, I, and there are other ones that I can't think of off the top of my head because I've had a little bit of a week. But, um, so I, I've always appreciated these kinds of shows, and I've always appreciated that anim- that anime specifically has a flair for showing these kinds of, like, not just not just like dark like black makeup, black nail polish, all black everything kind of like idea of like man that's that's such a dark reality. And no, what they what they what certain anime allow themselves to do with a more like outlaw persona to their storytelling is they allow a depiction of that kind of, like, dark underbelly of society to come through that less concerned about making the viewers think, oh man, these guys are hot shit, and more concerned with depicting something that just exists irrespective of the viewer watching. And what I mean by that is, and actually Cowboy Bebop is a great variation on this. Um, If you have ever seen the first, so I'm going to spoil the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, but if if you're this deep in, if you're listening to me on the internet week to week, or even just this one time, hello, um... (laughs) then you've probably seen the first, at least the first episode of Cowboy Bebop. But in the first episode of Cowboy Bebop, you come, it opens on Spike in like a poncho and a sombrero sleeping on a chair in this like sleepy, like Mexican themed bar on Earth. And it's like, it's the first time you encounter Spike. It's the first time you encounter kind of Two of the four, two of the four main cats, as well as it has an obligatory moment with the old men from Cowboy Bebop. If you don't know who the old men from Cowboy Bebop are, uh, I don't know what to do for you, man. But um, it gives this feeling to the world that that was there anyway, and you just happen to be seeing that location. At each location in Cowboy Bebop at the time. A more recent great version of this is um, a show that came out that I talked about on this very podcast um, called Megalobox. And Megalobox has just really, really excellent world building and thought put into the way that the way that you encounter its world. And Hakata Tonkansu Ramen said the whole thing again, but Hakata Ramen has that aspect to it. The the characters aren't just 
Um, Dura-Rah actually is the best kind of one-to-one example because it has Dura-Rah has the same feel to it, but with as Hakata Ramens. So if you if you like Alex, what is Hakata Ramens kind of like? What's its nearest? What's its nearest like concept? I would liken it to Dura-Ra without the supernatural elements because like Dura-Ra, Hakata Ramens gives you all of these characters and gives doesn't just give you the viewer all of these characters, but gives the show all of these characters to do things with and to play with constantly and like bounce characters off of other characters, like have different storylines that weave through introduce characters in one way and then use them in a totally different way. But somewhat unlike a lot of these shows, and even unlike Dora or Dorarara, um the uh, Cat of Katarama has a really human bend to them like the, like there are there are funny moments like crammed into serious scenes and there's serious moments crammed into funny scenes and it it had this human feel and it had this it, it's char- its characters are less like slightly superhuman than, say, someone in Dora or even something in Cowboy Bebop. And you, so you come in on Hakata Ramens at following this character named, um, I think Lin. Uh, I, I watched the dub, I should say. The, the dub is available on, the dub is available on Funimation. For what that's worth. But, uh, so you, you follow, I think it's Lin. Um, Lin something. He, he has a, an explicitly Chinese name. Um, yeah, Lin, Lin, Lin Xiaoming is the kind of, the character you're following through this, this kind of, this cross-section of this story's world, basically. Um, and I should say, this is based off of a light novel. I don't know if it's a series, but I would I would actually imagine it is. And you encounter all these different characters, all these different personalities. Um, one of the characters you encounter in the first, in the first episode is this character named... Saito and Saito is like this this kind of well-meaning but like n- businessman who has slightly no moral compass um and basically this show railroads him into being framed for a murder and so the the deal with Hakata, the the city there, the section of the city they're in, is that it's like a it's known as a hangout for like everything from gangster from gangsters to hitman to 
prostitutes, all the like back alley doctors, like re people you can hire to exact revenge, all kinds of bullshit. And um, there are so Saito is this character who's for the purpose of like letting you know that this this kind of underworld will chew people up and spit them out the first chance it gets. It frames Saito and I forget what forget what gets him from point A to B in this scenario, but at some point and this, so so every once in a while when you're watching an anime, you just like a point in the anime when you're like Oh, I'm in. I like even if I don't watch all of this at once, I'm in. I will finish the show absolutely no questions asked. And the point at which I was in for this show was the the scene where Saito, I forget why, but Saito is for some reason in a strip club getting a lap dance and it was, like, just tucked into the episode for a few seconds, but it was so, it was so, it had a, it had such an honesty to that character, it plopped in this world, that I was just like, I'm, I'm all the way in, like, I, not only do I want to find out what happened to this guy, I want to figure out what's happening with Lynn. Or figure out what's going with this, what's going on with this, like samurai mask guy. Let's do it. And so eventually, Saito gets out of that, and it's resolved. But it's resolved with the help of Lin. And I should mention at this point that Lin is. I don't. Lin is a, from what the show says, he's completely straight. Straight as an arrow, but he dresses as a woman. So all he does is cross dress. He's not gay. Cross dressing is less of a. It's less of a performance piece and more of a costume, if that makes any sense. And Lin is this trained assassin. And he ultimately comes to stay with. A guy named Bamba, and Bamba is also this character that the entire underworld of this area knows as Samurai. As, I think Samurai or Samurai Mask. Uh, it's probably something more, slightly more ornate, but I'm gonna call him Samurai Mask. Samurai Mask is like the the hitman to hire, and this show slowly, like, stacks up on hitmen and hackers and back-alley doctors and, like, revenge-for-hire dudes. And ultimately, it builds to this point where the characters are just kind of live, are just kind of living through life. And so, I mean, we all know about Slice of Life anime, and that, oh, also, I talked about another show that's 
got a lot of, like, the same quality disease, and that's Jormon Guns. You can also check that out in the feed for this podcast. That's got another, like, live it, like, hanging out in the underworld with people vibe. But, um, anyway, so, the thing that Tokatsu Ramens excels at, that I think that other shows of its ilk don't, and it's not a, it's not a knock on shows like Black Lagoon or any of those shows, because I genuinely love Black Lagoon. I will, like, I will have moments where I'm like, it's been a while since I've watched Black Lagoon. Let's watch all Black Lagoon, just because, like, I'm into it. Just because I need to get, like, get my fix of Genji slicing up some fools. Um, in a bowling alley. Let's go. Yeah. But, um, thing that Hakata Ramens does, and Dura actually does this too, is that Hakata Ramen gets you, as a viewer, to the point well, you're just watching every... Well, you feel like you're just kind of watching everyday life. You're not watching some big event. But the difference with... Akata Ramens at, from, um, is that because it... It all feels so kind of everyday life-ish, even the even the events that feel that should feel more pointed, like to the um the hacker character, a guy named en- Enokita. He is a out he is like estranged from his father who's a big wig politician. And they have a whole episode where someone tries to hunt him down and kill him. And he... It's... His father basically sends, like, the butler to help. Like, this crazy, insane super butler to help him. And it's this big moment of development for that character. And... But because... It's slotted in with all this other stuff... It just feels like another day. And while that does take some of the fun and, like, bombast out of it, it doesn't... It doesn't negate it entirely. It just changes it to be like, oh, no. Like, this this is really how this would happen. Like, um, not everything needs to be the orchestra fight from Jormungand or the original Roberta episodes from Black Lagoon. Not everything needs to have that, like, serious weight to it that lots of these, like, that lots of these, um, I'm gonna call them underworld shows have have in in those in those episodes in those events. So and what that ultimately leads to is it it like I keep saying, it leads to this feeling that you are watching these characters everyday life and it leads to this 
kind of natural flow of the show, and it feels very, it feels very even, and it feels very even at times in the way that an Iyashke, an Iyashke show feels, and it, and this is not, like, by any means necessarily a healing quote-unquote show. It's mostly that it's a, it's a show that wants you to really ex- that makes you feel like you want to really experience it instead of just kind of like look at it for a couple minutes and uh, at um at its best moments a show like Gangsta did that and Gangsta had lots of problems believe me I've talked about them in this podcast feed but the thing that the thing that makes the show so like gangsta so disappointing is that it has the opportunity to do the, all of the world building they were doing and not fuck it up now i can tell you i've read a lot more of the manga that thing is so messed up but like it let me put it this way Yes, Gangster ultimately took down a whole animation studio in like it put the nail in the coffin for Monglo just from the way it was handled and all of that stuff. But what that show was building to was not necessarily worth the time. And I I don't mean to be cruel about that. It, it just wasn't it, it was such a and uh, Hakata Ramen has some of these problems in its like final episodes, but it it has a stronger like structure of a show to lean on than Gangsta did. Gangsta tried to have conversations about basically super soldiers and, like, all this other bullshit, that it just, it just doesn't, like, the story just doesn't have the chop to keep it up, and it starts to get into, like, real insane, weird bullshit really quickly. And really, and, and maybe this is because the author of Gangsta was originally a shoujo author, if you want to know how you can tell someone used to draw shoujo, look for characters with giant hands. Because, for whatever reason, shoujo tend to have, like, larger than normal hands. But, um, shoujo, there's certainly an ilk of shoujo that can be really, like, slow, meandering, more than a little sadistic, and more than a little, like, skirting of common sense. If you're looking for an example of that, go, um, force your eyeballs to consume hot gimmick sometime. That show, that, that comic, that manga is a nightmare. Another one is Kill Me, Kiss Me. Another one is Fruit Basket. Uh, you get the point. Like, there's, there's lots of stuff out there 
that is a, another one is Nana. I've talked about Nana on the show. The manga for Nana is like insufferable because it is just so crazy. Like things go so bad, and it would be so much easier if anybody ever talked to each other about anything ever. It's really infuriating. I I just it it's infuriating. I'm not gonna lie. But the so gangster has that problem. Um if the Black Lagoon had a problem in this respect, it is it, Well Black Lagoon has very few problems to be to be perfectly clear. And it does it doesn't have the problem of we're not saying we're not saying what we're thinking because it it built what Black Lagoon does is it takes the time to build up like to an emotional boiling point over a couple episodes and then release that boiling point and then move on to the next point again and again and again and again and again. And what that ultimately does, especially that extra scene at the end of the show proper, not at the end of Robert, of Roberta's blood trail, but at the end of the show proper, um, there's an extra scene with Revy and um, the sister from the ripoff church. I forget her name. The the uh, the one who's also a CIA agent, maybe a CIA agent. Um, they have a scene where like. It's like they're torturing the audience at some point because this uh, Black Lagoon is a romance story wrapped in a underworld action show. And what I mean by that is slowly over the course of the show, the two kind of main characters, Rock, and Revy grow closer and closer and closer and closer until the end of the show happens and there's a gap, there's like a time skip basically between the end of the show proper and this extra scene. And the CIA character says to Revy, says, like, did you and June Rock get up to anything? And Revy's like, I can't say. I really can't say. And the reason why... It's frustrating in Black Lagoon because Black Lagoon aim aims like takes you and aims you at the thing and shows you that they are making strides in like an actual relationship and like it all comes together and it's a cigarette kiss and it's one of the more beautiful things in anime I've ever seen. Um, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a sap I'm a I, I'm an easy cry. But, so, what that does is it lets you know they both acknowledge each other's emotions, and that 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 com that conversation that's not happening doesn't need to happen in front of you. It happened at some point. Um, in Tokatsu Ramens, however. It, those conversations happen. 
And they usually happen between Lin and Bamba, because what happens eventually is Lin ends up living with Bamba, because Lin doesn't have anywhere to go. And Bamba just like, hey, man, stay here, I don't care, you can dress like a girl, I don't care, whatever. And Bamba kind of exposes Lin to this, um... kind of laissez-faire underworld inhabitant lifestyle that he's got going. And the way the show gets its name is that they have what's called tonk, Tonkatsu Ramen for breakfast all the time. Like, every day, basically, I think. And at first, Lynn's like, what is this bullshit? Why, why are we eating ramen at 7 in the morning? I don't get it. And then, like, slowly but surely... He comes around, and, like, and he becomes a normal fixture among all these other normal fixtures in the cast and the underworld of, and the underworld of Hakata. And they keep running these, and the, the show, for uh, most of its run, is very, it's really episodic. It's, like, Maybe, I think that at no point, except for this last, like, what I'm going to call two-episode arc, or three-episode arc, um, is there ever, like, an arc that exceeds an episode? Everything is brought up and concluded by the end of every episode. So it becomes less like a... It becomes less like something that maybe Black Lagoon is, and more like something that maybe actually, hilariously, um, Lupin the Third is. And I don't know why that escaped my brain. I'm sorry. Like I said, I've had a weird day. Um, but so like, whereas Black Lagoon. Like, every episode leads into another episode, and they deal with things for, like, these extended periods of time. That there are, there are certain arcs to Black Lagoon that are named, like, so the Yakuza arc is the last arc. There's the, I forget what the German Twins arc is called, but it's, it has a name. Um, I think it's called the Vampire Twins arc, quote-unquote. Um, but... Um, and there's some, like, like, one-off episodes of, like, Greenback Jane, where it's all about, like, protecting this money printer, or, like, just little one-off things, but, um, there's a, there's, there's a whole arc in, in, I know I'm talking a lot about Black Lagoon, but I like that show. I don't think I've done an episode on it yet, but I like that show. Um, I probably did, but I can double check. Um, did a whole arc in Black Lagoon all about getting Nazi art away from Nazis? <laughs> Who are just the dumbest motherfuckers. And, but, Tonkatsu Ramen doesn't have that, with the exception of the last, like, I, I keep thinking it's more episodes than it probably is, but let's call it the last group of episodes. I think it's got a 12-episode run. Yeah, it's 12 episodes. So it's 
it's has this episode thing, episodic thing going, and what it does, what the episodicness does, is it like binds you to the, is it like binds you as a viewer to all the characters, and then they slip into Lynn's backstory. It turns out that Lynn was like bought from his family, or or allowed himself, sold himself to this sketchy dude so his mother could be healthier. And he met this, and he, like, was trained in this, like, child, in a child assassin training facility. Where he meets this other guy, and they become best friends. And then the assassins, because they're assholes, are like, okay, now kill each other. And... he can't do that until the other guy's like, look, I'm getting the fuck out. I'm killing your ass. And that, but then, push comes to shove, Lynn wins, thinks the other guy's dead. Hooray, hurrah. We're, we're off to... He, he, that is one of the prime, that is one of the primary things that he used, that is used in forming his character. And I know I'm skipping over a lot of this show. And part of that is because I saw it in two huge chunks fairly separate from each other, but the other part of it is I think this show is worth watching, and I'm not entirely sure that it has been watched. If that makes any sense. Like, I have no doubt people have seen it, people have heard of it, but it took me by such surprise that it was what it was, and that it was the way it was, that I wouldn't be a bit surprised if people listening to me now uh, like, I've never even considered that show before, but maybe I'll give it a try. So I want to give you kind of like some some plot stuff and some characteristic stuff, some world building stuff. But basically, the last arc has to do with Lynn's past coming coming home to roost, more or less. And if I have to be honest. It is, it, that part is the least, it's the least interesting part of the show to me, because, and maybe this is a factor of it being recorded, being done as an adaptation of a light novel. But it feels, it feels like the end of a book. That twelve episodes. I, if they, if they, I don't know if they're planning on making another season, but if they made another season, I'd be interested to see what the next like mathering of adventures and like strong end point is because it almost seems like they had all of that stuff from the book. And they scrunched it into the back half because they looked at the book and the and the and the world building of the book and the character of the characters in the book and said we want to have fun with these like we want to take these characters and we want to like just ha- just go wild and free with them and that 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 is to the show's benefit definitely because they have this. This show doesn't take itself so seriously that, like, 
the characters are these like real badasses, and it doesn't take kind of it doesn't revel in kind of like look how awesome this person is because these char these characters are in unlike the like hierarchy ladder of like the underworld. They are not like the weapons dealers from Jormungan. They are not the um the um lagoon crew from Black Lagoon. They are like people who decided what they wanted to do for a living is fuck up other people. And many of them have some of them have options to not do that. So the character and also so they have um I think his name is Samurai Mask. And then they have and this I shit you not, this is this character's like stage name this is this character's assassin name, basically. Or hitman name. They have this guy called I think the Submarine Ninja. And when I when I tell you that the Submarine Ninja is like a guy who went to Hot Topic and bought edgy assassin clothes don't quite fit the part. You have some idea of what I'm talking about. And that that's what this character is. And there are maybe with the exception of the hacker character, I forget his name. Um Encoda. They have very few characters who are just kind of cool and really good at what they do. Oftentimes, they have these, like, weird quirky, this weird quirkiness to them. Like, the the guys who exact revenge on people, they are this kind of found, makeshift found family of this little girl, this big black dude, and this, like, doctor, <laughs> who is also, like, the show's back alley doctor, so to speak. And, like, Lynn cross-dresses, like, definitively cross-dresses, but is also, like, definitely a dude. He just wears women's clothes. Um, and then Bamba is because he is so... Because he's so aware that he is so good with a sword, he is, like, laid back in a way that is alarming. <laughs> and just, like, the... And the submarine samurai guy, I think, is actually a... Like, a rich kid playing assassin, basically. <laughs> and just, like... The, the fact that they're having that much fun, that whoever came up with Hakata Ramen to begin with had that much fun with the characters and that the anime itself has that much fun with the characters. It's just, it, it means it's a fun show. And, but what that also means is like, when it shifts to like this more serious end story and then it ends, It loses some of the like funness, and I understand why it did it. It wanted to, 
it wanted to give Lynn an opportunity to like wax poetic about his life in Hakata. And I I can't help but wonder if that couldn't have been done some other way because um the way that the show was handled up till now feels a lot different than the last up till that point feels a lot different than that last grouping of episodes and I think that's because the last grouping of episodes feels more like it belongs in like a gangster style underworld show than a Dorarara style underworld show. It 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 that last section of it and this this doesn't ruin the show by any means. It is still like like that last section is still more Hakata Ramen's fun on a bun, absolutely. But what it also is, is it this, like, sudden reeling back of the idea of this show that, like, okay, the characters talk to each other, they sort shit out, they have, like, honest-to-God conversations, like, okay, look, I, I'm into ramen at breakfast, or, okay, look, you gotta stop doing this one thing, instead of, like, tracing around it. And the thing that they have the character of the show itself due to not only the story, but Lynn as a character. If you're like, no, like you could, like you don't get to come this far, hang out with us for this long, and then just not talk about this shit and not expect us to not help you. And it resolves it that way, like has a real we're happy family moment to it. And while I've, like I said, I think the last like, arc of this, the, the only uh, the last and only proper full arc in this show is kind of not it at its best. It makes sense in context and it doesn't take away from anything else that came before. And this is like a this is like a fun low stakes like hang out in this underworld setting crime infested wasteland type city deal show that knows how to have fun and knows how and knows how to like make you watch a dude called the Submarine Ninja have to go to the bad... Oh, that's the other thing. The fun, the most hilarious part of this show is all of these underworld weirdos all get together, like, once a week and play fucking baseball. So what that means is, is that oftentimes the show will end in a base... will start or end or both, oftentimes both, in a baseball game. That they go play, but it will also it also names all the episodes after baseball terms. So the first one is play ball, the second one is irregular, the third one is teamwork, 
and so on and so forth. And it's, it, it just, what, I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it doesn't need, that not every show needs to be like the best in the world to be great. Sometimes shows just need to know what they're doing and do it really well. And as long as they do it really well, they will be great. Um, so with that said, I'm going to wrap it up here. It's a little bit of a shorter one. Not much. I'll probably end up being the same size as a normal podcast on this feed. But if you liked any of the shows that I talked about that I mentioned, you can um, check them out in the podcast feed for um, more cool anime stuff, for stuff I've written about anime and, like, videos and stuff. You can go to lunchboxpublishing.com. There'll be a link in the description of this episode. Um, there's lots of cool fun stuff there. If you like this episode, I encourage you to rate it five stars. If whatever podcast emporium you use to listen to, to listen to me, let's do that. Yeah. Bye. Bye.